Mishnahis continue to talk about what would be considered a chatzitza, something that blocks a part of the surface of the item or person who is being immersed in the mikveh, such that the immersion will not bring about a purification. Dirt or something similar to that which is on a person's clothes on one side, meaning it hasn't managed to penetrate through to the other side of the item of clothing, so it's only a small piece of dirt, that would not be considered a chatzitza because in general it doesn't disturb people so much, and they would be happy to wear those clothes without removing the piece of dirt. However, if this manages to penetrate through, it's a deeper level of dirt, or a deeper stain, such that it goes in from two sides, meaning it manages to go through to the other side, that would be considered a chatzitza, because people generally, that does disturb them, and they wouldn't wear the clothes without first removing them. And the general rule is that anything that somebody does not want to be there, and he's eventually going to remove it, is considered to be a chatzitza until he actually goes ahead and moves it. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says in the name of Rabbi Yishmael, Af mitzad echad, even dirt that remains just on the surface of the clothes and it doesn't penetrate through to the other side, that does disturb people, and in general they do have the intention to remove it, and therefore it is considered to be a chatzitza even in that case. Rabbi Yaisi says the third opinion, If it's on Talmidei Chachomim's clothes, people who study Torah and are considered to be righteous. So then, even if there's a small amount of dirt that's only on one side, it would be considered a chatzitza, Michel Bur, but if it's on the clothes of somebody who is ignorant of Torah, somebody who is not considered to be a Talmud Chacham, then only if the dirt penetrates to the other side is it considered to be significant enough that it would be a chatzitza. The reason for this difference is because it's considered to be very important for a Talmud Chacham not to have any dirt or stains on his clothes, to the extent that the Gemara says a surprising statement that any Talmud Chacham who has a stain on his clothes is Chayev Misa, he's liable to the death penalty by the hands of Hashem. It's very severe for somebody of such a position to have stains on his clothes, for his external appearance to not fit with that which he represents. Either way, because of this, the reality is that he's going to be more particular about the dirt that is on his clothes, and therefore it's more likely to be a chatzitza, even if it's only on one side on the surface of his clothes. Mishnah Zion, with pachas shells, a posin, an apron which is used by people who deal with pitch or tar, vishal yotzrim, or potters who make things out of clay, vishal mafasle elonis, or people who cut down trees or cut the branches of trees, ein chotzitzin, the dirt that is on them will not be considered a chatzitza because they don't care if the aprons are dirty because naturally they get very dirty anyway. Rabbi Yehuda says, Afshal kayotzin kayotzivohen Even the aprons used by people who spread out fruit for them to be able to be left to dry, although this doesn't necessarily make them dirty, in general it does end up making them dirty and they are not disturbed by having some more dirt on their aprons, and therefore it isn't a chatzitza. Zeaklal, this is the rule, like the Mishnah told us, Earlier on, with regards to chatzitza on a person's body, the same rule applies for a chatzitza on different items. Anything that the owner of the item is particular about, and he has the intention to remove it later on, as long as that that is present on the surface of the item, it would be considered a chatzitza. But if he is not particular, he doesn't really care about it being there, then it's not considered to be significant enough to have a, to make a blockage. And in a chatzitza, 
it would not be considered a chatzitza, and if the item was dipped into the mikveh like that, it would be purified. It's important to remember that, like we mentioned a couple of times already, according to the Torah, there's an additional thing that is necessary for it to be considered a chatzitza, and that is that it covers the majority of the surface. However, even if either it covers the majority or the person is particular about it being there and he's going to remove it, even if only just one of those two factors exist, it would be considered a chatzitza. Whereas midairaisa, according to the Torah, both factors are needed for it to be considered a chatzitza. In general, items that are made up of different parts that are stuck to each other, as long as it always stays like that, and it's not that somebody takes apart the parts when he's not using it, if the different parts are always kept stuck to each other, then we view it all as being one item, and one is able to immerse it in a mikvah like that, he doesn't need to take apart the different parts and submerge each of them by themselves into the mikvah, even though by dipping it all into the mikvah at once, the area on the items which where, where the different parts connect is obviously not touching the water. That doesn't matter because you don't view it as two different items, you view it all as one item, and overall the water of the mikveh is touching all of the surfaces of this one larger item. However, any handles of various different items that were put into the item in an irregular way, which means that the person is going to end up removing it and replacing it in the correct way. Since eventually the handle is definitely going to be taken out of that utensil, we are not able to view it all as being just one entity and one item, because this part is going to be taken off, it's going to be repositioned. And since that is the case, so we view the different parts as being separate, and that would create the problem of a chatzitza, because... The area where the two parts are stuck to each other, that particular area is not touching the water of the mikveh. A similar example would be if the handle was placed in the correct position, in the regular position, but they didn't finish it off and it's going to end up being repositioned slightly or stuck deeper into the item. Either way, it's not in a permanent position right now and therefore we are forced to view the different parts separately. Or even if Aisha Merikon, he did finish it and he put the handle in as it should be and completed that whole process, but Vinishburu, the handle broke to a certain extent and because of that the person is going to end up replacing it. And because of that we can't view it all as just being one because this part is going to be removed and replaced with something else. And because of that the Mishnah says these handles would be considered a chatzitza for the rest of the item. You would need to take out the handle, and only then would you be able to purify the rest of the utensil. Continues the Mishnah. Often if there is a container with a quite narrow opening, and it's placed in the mikveh upside down, like the Mishnah describes, klisheid bilader piv, such a utensil that somebody dipped upside down, with the opening of the container being da- face downwards, Kilulotoval says the Mishnah, it's as if he didn't dip it into the mikveh at all, because the water is not going to end up touching all of the inside surface of that utensil. The way that it works, if it's positioned in that way, is that the air inside of the container prevents all of the water from getting in, and because of the pressure based on the positioning of that container, 
And so you need to tip it to the side or put it upside down in order to ensure that all of the water would enter into the container such that the water mikvah will be touching all of the outside and the inside surface of the container. If somebody dips a container the right way around into the mikvah, but below Zibiris, he does so without the narrow neck at the top of this container. We're talking about quite a tall container, or at least this narrow neck is quite tall, such that it's above the surface of the water. So obviously, the item is not going to be purified. None of it's going to be purified, because unless the water of the mikveh is touching every single part of the surface of the container at the same time, none of it is purified. So the Nisha says that only if he tips it over to its side such that this neck of the utensil will be inside of the mikveh at the same time as the main body of the container of the utensil, only then will it be able to be purified in the mikveh. A container, some kind of bottle, which is narrow at the top and the bottom, but it's wider in the middle. Eno tohar, it can't be purified in the mikveh just by dipping it into the mikveh straight, unless he tips it over to its side and thereby allows the water to enter into all of the wider middle part of the bottle, of the container. Because if it's not done like that, then there's going to be some air pockets inside of this utensil and the water won't reach there. So the way that you position the item as you dip it into the mikvah must be such that the water will definitely touch all of the surfaces, even all of the inside surfaces. Now the mission talks about a type of jug or bottle whose mouth, the opening, sinks and bends inwards at the top. This can be shown on the diagram for this Mishnah. At the top of the bottle, the rim itself sort of bends downwards into the inside of the bottle, extending a few centimeters downwards into the bottle, such that there is an area now in be- in the inside of the bottle at the top, in between the rim, which extends downwards into the actual bottle, and the wall of the bottle itself. And it's pretty difficult to allow the water when to, of the mikveh to touch that area in between the rim and the wall of the bottle itself. So much so that the Mishnah says, It cannot be purified unless you actually make a hole on the side in the wall of the bottle so that the water can go through there. And likewise, Kalmarin Hegeitos inkwells which are used by regular people as opposed to scribes who are professionals that can also not be purified until or unless you make a hole in the side the inkwell had a very similar form just that it was much lower but it also had the rim going inwards and downwards into the inside of the container the inkwell such that you were left with this area in between the rim and the wall and the inside of the inkwell which the water wouldn't get to unless you made a hole in the side. And the Mishnah notes that the inkwell that was owned by Yosef HaKoyen had a hole on the side of it originally. He didn't just make a hole on the odd occasion that it became Tomei, but since he knew that it could be that in the future the inkwell will become Tomei, he prepared for this in advance and originally just made a hole in the side so that when it will become Tomei, he would be able to just dip it into the mikvah and purify it. Mr. Bates, we mentioned that items that are made up of different parts, in general, as long as the parts are 
staying there. No one's planning on moving them or replacing the different parts and changing them around. So we view the entire item and all of its parts as being just one entity that can be purified as one. Because of that, there is also no issue of a chatzitsa, the area where one part is attached to another, even though a part of the surface of each of those parts, at the exact point where they connect, is not touching the water, because it's connected to a different part, since we view it all as one, so that's not a problem. It's just like the inside of any item not touching the water. We only need the surface of the item to be touching the water of the mikveh. This mission discusses a number of different items which have something inside of them, a stuffing, and it's going to depend on whether this stuffing is ever removed, whether the item is ever opened up or not. So the mission says, A leather mattress or cushion that contains lots of stuffing inside of it. The water does need to enter into the inside surface of these leather items, and because of that one will need to actually remove the stuffing when he dips it into the mikveh to purify it. The reason being that they are sometimes opened. Perhaps they would replace the stuffing or add some more, take some of it out. And because of that, we view it as a leather bag or container that contains something inside of it. But therefore, the leather bag, this leather cushion or mattress that's opened up, needs to be purified and the the water of the mikveh needs to touch every single surface, both on the outside and on the inside. On the other hand, keses agula literally a round pillow or cushion that is used by important officers. The more upper class would use it as a kind of pillow, and this was rarely opened, it wasn't really ever opened. The hakadur, a ball that has been sewn together with some stuffing inside of it that's never opened up. The ha'imum, a form of a foot that is essentially stuffed and was used by shoemakers to make shoes on top of it. The komea, an amulet that contained a piece of parchment or possibly something else, different herbs, and it was sewn up. The tefillah, this refers to the box of the tefillin. All of these things, if they became tome and they are being purified, we do not need the water to enter into the inside surface of these different items because they are never opened up. Since they are never opened up... We view it as a solid item, not as an item that has a that is essentially a container with something inside of it. We look at it all as being one solid item, and when we purify it, we only need the water to touch the outer surface of these items. This is one of the big proofs for the fact that to fill in don't necessarily ever need to be checked, unless something happened to them which might have damaged them, but if not, this is one of the big proofs that they bring for the fact that they never need to be checked, and one can assume that they are still valid, because if tefillin had to be checked, so then it becomes something that is opened, even if very rarely, it is something that is opened from time to time, and therefore it should be that even the inside of the tefillin need to come into contact with the water of the mikveh. Be it as it may, the Mishnah ends off with the rules there, Klol, this is the rule, anything that has things inside of it that are not usually put in and taken out, we can dip them into the mikveh whilst they are totally closed and sealed because we only need the outside surface of the item to be touching the mikveh water for it to all be purified.